This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Kathleen's. That's right. It's both of us. We did it at the same time. Happy <laughs> stopped. <laughs> I'm sure it was oh, perfectly wait. in sync. <laughs> I'm sure it was, but we didn't discuss who would introduce himself. Hi, I'm, I'm, my name is Olivia. Oh, God. <laughs> my, my name is Olivia Kennedy, and I am joined today by <laughs> Jeremy Cobb. But Boomclaw, the twice dead kobold, calls me Jeremy Cobbler. Not Jeremy Cobbler, Jeremy. Jeremy, Cobbler. Jeremy. Like Cherry Cobbler. Cherry Cobbler. No, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And also, extremely tasty. <laughs> and then oh. I try to shoot Kevin Costner. <laughs> this is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Full Prince vibe? Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. It does have an alligator with a pistol in it, though. The brand new Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. On a nat 20. No! And I love it. <laughs> We're about to get into something real big now. I was hoping for maybe something slightly spookier. We're around Halloween time. Oh, you're right. You're right. Let me see if I can find a better one. Um, I, I, I can do yours. Be- I can do yours for me. Oh, what was what was it? What did I say? <laughs> this is back when you first guessed it on the show. Okay. You gave me the nickname mm-hmm. Coblin. I did call you Coblin. I did call you a Coblin. And I was like, yeah. is that okay? Is that enough? I don't know what. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that funny enough? It doesn't feel funny enough. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll let the audience be the judge. I liked it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, now, if you could please at us on Twitter, I'm at Desdark Magic. Just at me, tear the tear me to shreds for Coblin. Uh, feel free. Uh, but apart from uh, me uh, offering mediocre jokes, Jeremy, what are we up to today? What's going on? Hey, well, today we're going to be talking about uh, questions, or rather, answering questions. We're not going to be talking answer- about the questions. We'll I mean, be answering. <laughs> I can talk about the questions if you would like. Just like, I yes. really like how this was phrased, you know, it really comes mm. into get gets to the point straight away, you know, that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very creative use of the English language. Mm, uh, course, excellent diction. Yeah. yeah. This one is a different yeah. language I don't understand, but I bet it's really good. Like, the fact <laughs> yeah, that it's I've... in a different language, like, uh, makes me feel inferior and I like that, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't understand, and I should know more. Than this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I like it when you make me feel inferior. <laughs> Ask me some questions I can't answer. <laughs> I uh, but, like it. So in this episode, I've or, I've said tear me to shreds, and then I've asked you to make me feel inferior. So I, <laughs> if everyone takes that from uh, takes that as they will, um, yeah, that's send us pictures of you stepping on a picture of Liv. <laughs> Send us videos of you just stepping on uh, ev- like, like little oh effigies of Liv. Oh my god! Thank you so much, you guys. This means so much to me. Thank you. Really <laughs> Is that why, really like, Liv? Do you purposefully like report your lo- roles so they're lower? Mm. Like, fudge your 
rolls to be lower so that you yeah. can fail more and I'm just like, be like, mm, your oh rolls no, are so bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would like tell me how awful I am <laughs> rolling dice. Mm. Uh, and, this is horrifying. And, <laughs> like, I'm just imagining a DD game where somebody is like real, just has a really big like humiliation kink and yeah. just wants to like, continually tries things and fudges their own rolls to be lower. Oh, no, I can't. I couldn't commune with my god. I guess they hate me. Please role play how much they hate me. <laughs> uh, well, in Curse of the Spider Queen, we have all those scenes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Don't tell anyone. Oh, oh, no. I guess you'll have to listen to Curse of the Spider yeah. Queen. Yeah, yeah, figure yeah. Out how bad I roll. Oh, oh, oh that's dear. great. <laughs> We've, we're so learning I things. love it when you have a new insight into uh, my purportedly innocent character. Um, <laughs> Liv, why are you so flushed? <laughs> no, no. I'm no, I wouldn't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's get into the questions. Let's not talk about this anymore. Let's yes. get into the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to ask the first one? Yeah, sure. Why not? So we've got from the Brunch Guild uh, in Discord, um, uh, in our Discord server that you can join if you want to. It's the Three Black Halflings Discord server, and um, mm. everyone's really cool. So, oh yeah, this is a segment. You like. If you if you're just listening yeah. to the show for the first time, we've done this segment before. Uh, yeah. This is a segment we've done a few times. If you join our Discord, you can. There's an Ask the Halflings channel where you can go in yeah. and ask us questions, and we will most likely answer the question in one of these segments. Yeah, we we love to do it. It's very nice. Yeah. We like we yeah. like answering your questions, so feel free. Um, but yes, the Brunch Guild yeah. says I could never uh, tire of uh, Jeremy's will building and DMing. But just out of curiosity, are there plans for Jasper or Liv to DM any actual players coming up? Is the question that we have now. Yes. So theoretically, Jasper can't answer this because he's he's not here. Um, but I guess I can mm. answer. I can give my thoughts. Is well, I, in general, we have not mm. planned an actual play in which I will be DMing. I could say that <laughs> um, mm. as of yet. Um, but mm. I mean, I don't think it's something that I would be opposed to. I think I would like to start with like, if we, if I did like, a, if I could do like a little arc or something, just like a little mini arc, like maybe like a two parter, mm -hmm. I think would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be I happy would do to that. do something like that. I was yeah. going to say, uh, we did briefly talk about the possibility of us doing, uh, since you have played many more TTRPGs than either I or Jasper, mm -hmm. as, perhaps a series where you are de leading us yeah. through various TTRPGs yeah. as well. Uh, I can absolutely I think, do that. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, and I think both options are great. Like <laughs> either you DMing a little mini arc uh, in some setting. Uh, so, you know, let me know if you have any ideas for like a short mini arc, Liv. Uh, yeah. And I'm happy to have you do it. Uh, and I would also be happy to have you. Uh, I, well, I hope that we can do a segment where you run games for us and such. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, we haven't recorded it yet but the next um running of the gauntlet that we record is going to be me dming so that'll be fun yes yeah, yes so that'll be the little a little a little snippet i guess yeah of what what i can do little um, tease little, little tease um yeah. but yeah so hopefully hopefully you'll enjoy it and mm. um but yeah i think um i think there's like a lot of pressure because honestly jeremy you are a phenomenal um dm and so is jasper so oh, i'm like oh like like for real like i wouldn't i'm not even just saying this to be like Haha. no for real it's intimidating <laughs> we're on the same Once, show <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I have to say. <laughs> no, but for real, Jeremy. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I can give it a go, I guess. Um, but uh, I think you would be no, great. I, think- I mean, having played with you as a player, I think you would be. I was like, oh yeah, especially yeah, especially but- the stuff that we did later. I think in the uh, Curse of the Spider Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the scene I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, I was like, yeah. dang. Sounds real good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, this is, I always feel like more comfortable in like player roles because it's like, because you're kind of sharing the, I mean, the same with the DM, it can be said that you're sharing the stage with everyone else, of course. Mm. But like, I feel like if I need to kind of like, like step back a little bit, I can. And then I can always, you know, step to the forefront when I can. Um, so it's like, it's comfortable, but you know what? Who needs comfortable? I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit, I think. Yeah. It'd be fun. And hey, yeah. hearkening back to the beginning of the episode, the more you mm. go out of your comfort zone, perhaps the mm. greater the risk of being exactly. publicly humiliated. <laughs> oh my God. Don't joke about that, Jeremy. Oh <laughs> Not that I, w- I would never want that. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's funny because Liv, I'm genuinely... why are genuinely... you sweating so heavily during the DM in this game? We can hear Don't you sweating through your Don't mic. <laughs> it's funny because... It's funny because I genuinely, I am socially anxious. So people are going to be like, wow, Liv is really loving this in a way that she shouldn't be. And I'm like, no, I'm just hyperventilating. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're breathing it. so heavily. And then the next thing that happens... Uh, <laughs> No, because genuinely, sometimes I forget to breathe. I, I'll be in the middle of a sentence. I'll forget to breathe because I'm like, oh, wait. Uh, uh, and then <laughs> anyone who has social anxiety, you know, you know the mm. feeling. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, so just, you know, don't jump to conclusions, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so. There was a person I went to drama school with who we, mm. it was never really confirmed, but it was really interesting because whenever they would perform, their normal speaking voice was you know, a pretty mid-range speaking voice. And whenever yeah. they would perform, it felt like their whole chest went, <clears throat> and their voice got like what? a whole register higher. Like it was, oh. their voice suddenly got very high and very breathy. Yeah. And everything, yes, okay. Oh, what, what is happening now? Like everything. <laughs> and you could hear the nervousness because if you've heard this person speak, normally you're like, mm-hmm. that's not what their voice sounds like. Uh, and so you could hear like the nervousness coming through. And this was a drama I, school. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I definitely, because I, I mean, I wanted to be an actress um, for like a big chunk of my life. Um, and I feel like, thankfully, I'm in a kind of, uh, I have the opportunity to, you know, uh, act basically day to day when I do RPGs and, and I'm on camera and whatever. And then that's, that's great. But um, I know that when you do perform, like it, you do complete, like it's, I feel more comfortable when I'm performing because I'm like, cool i like it's not i'm not putting myself on display i'm putting this character on mm. display it's um it's an mm-hmm. interesting thing i would yeah. also like um everyone to know that i do put on the nervousness when i play juji um because mm. when you were like this this person gets really high and breathy i was like <laughs> that sounds like how i play juji <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> yeah um so she's uh, very squeaky look, She's very squeaky. I will be playing characters in the future that aren't as squeaky, so you know. Anyway, um, yeah. well, <laughs> your, your character from um, Strix Bitches, I don't think, was nearly as squeaky. No, she wasn't very squeaky. She was, uh, she was more kind of like um, she was very subtle in her delivery. She was very, she was like, mm. she, she once again was quite a nervous character. But because I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like um, uh, her character was kind of like me 
like come like molding Juji in a way because like mm. they have kind of similar traits and I was like okay if this works then I might use it for Juji um mm, yeah but I think um, you said that in one of the uh Wagadu watches which you should listen to you yes. should join the Patreon to go listen Ooh, to absolutely uh three black halflings a Patreon go check it out um but uh but yeah no I I think that's definitely something I tapped into but yeah she was mm. like she was normal teenage um, awkward as opposed yeah. to like Juji's like innate <laughs> yeah <laughs> sense of just always on edge like cannot <laughs> cannot chill for the life of her so uh, yeah so yeah very different. Remind, um, you just reminded me of when Juji kept giving Ref uh, the the advantage on initiative and <laughs> and Jomini yeah. decided to play it as Ref getting even more keyed up like out of the hair trigger ready to attack anyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because, such an anxious uh, party. Such an anxious party. Like such sweet beans. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Like they're all very sweet little characters, and they're out on a big, big mission. It's like, oh, yeah. buddies, I hope you do well. Um, but yeah, no. Judy honestly, did the not sweetest things, bunch of just... characters we've had in a in an, in an actual play. I feel uh, so Aww. lovable. All of them cinnamon Aww. rolls. Yeah, they are. They are sweet cinnamon rolls. We can agree on this. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think we've gotten away from the topic. I don't know what. Yes. Should we? Well, it was well, whether know. we would have you guys uh, DM yeah. any actual plays. Uh, the answer is yes. There are not current plans, but we yeah. will have that happen. Hopefully, as soon as next year, basically. Yeah, yeah this year um, is a bit um, a bit packed. Uh, but yeah, next year, I think. Yeah. Um, we can kick things off. It'll be great. Yeah. Maybe if we start planning to... it from now. Liv, when do you want to mm. <laughs> when do you want to uh, the series? <laughs> <laughs> I need to look. I need to like take five minutes out of my day to do the breathing I need to do, and then I forget to breathe for the rest of the day. So I mean, I, like, there's it's very packed schedule. It's very packed. Um, <laughs> I'll figure it out, okay, guys. Oh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Question. <laughs> yes, yes. So I believe this is for both of us. This is from Chen, cool. the resident Grung lover. Uh, that is Chen, Chen's official uh, role in the Discord. Uh, I forget who I suggested like, it, but I ended up pre. <laughs> yeah, I created an official role <laughs> for Amazing. Chen because Chen is a wonderful and beloved member of our Discord who loves Grung and has played mm -hmm. many Grung and posted many images of the Grungs that they have made and they're very very That's great that. and speaking of adorable my goodness Chen draws the cutest little characters um, so on the on the subject of cute little characters Chen asked yeah. if you were to have a familiar and it could be anything what would it be? Hmm that is interesting have you got one Jeremy or should I like do my thing where I ramble a bit and then eventually come up with something I got one. Um, cool. <laughs> recently, I think in the last year or two, I've been feeling axolotls. I've been really feeling axolotls. That's so good. Uh, That's really good. Yeah, I, I'm a mm -hmm. big, big axolotl guy these days. Not, I, I don't think I would ever want to keep one as a pet just because mm -hmm. they don't, I, I just don't, you, you can't play with them. Uh, I'm no. like, maybe you can. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. I don't know how to best take care of an axolotl. I could, I could not tell you, but maybe they, maybe there's a safe way to play with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't even know if they can breathe air, like, cause they have gills and stuff still. They're basically, mm. they're basically baby salamanders that never grew up. That's really what yeah. they are. Is they're like perpetually juvenile salamanders. So 
I don't actually know if they do, uh, if they can breathe out of water. And I don't know that they have the intelligence to be able to like form relationships with you. So, uh, but I have to, those of you out there, there's a show, uh, shout out to Deja, my girlfriend, uh, a show called The Ancient Magus Bride. Uh, It's a a manga and also an anime. Uh, Lovely anime, uh, absolutely beautiful art style. And there are all these little fairy beings who appear throughout the show and there is an axolotl in the show uh it, which it's to the point where when the axolotl is not on screen i'm i'm like i wish the axolotl was in this episode uh and i i will just go look up ancient magus bride axolotl and you will mm-hmm. see a, a a cavalcade of just cute images of this little axolotl fairy spirit um i will i'll actually send you one li- uh, now live so you can see yeah. what i'm talking about cuz he's he's adorable in fact he actually i found out he has a name i just don't remember what his name is but he mm-hmm. does actually have a name um okay. let's see Let's see this Here, guy. wait. I'm going to drop him into the uh, the Riverside chat. Check this out. Fantastic. Yeah, let check me know if that opens for this you. friend. Let's check out this new friend that we're about to make. Here we yeah. go. Gonna make a... <gasps> oh! <laughs> right? Oh my god. Here's, an, here's another angle. Guy. Here's another angle of him looking at you this yes, time. Yes, give me multiple angles of this guy. We need to have people be able to see this because it's... A... <gasps> oh, he's facing me this time. Hello! <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Hello there, friend. Oh my he's goodness. He's okay. unacceptably cute. In very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah. Can we there... post this like on social media maybe and be like, hey... <laughs> Yeah, maybe when the, the day this comes out, we, we'll, yeah, because we'll right? people need to see him. Uh, oh yeah, his name is Athonichi. Athonichi. Yeah, so I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna send you several more images of him. Uh, one where another one where he's looking up at the at the camera, uh, which is arguably might be the, even the cutest one so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Then arguably an even cuter one uh, of mm-hmm. him being cradled like a little baby. Oh, uh, and then oh, I'm going to send you one where he is straight up riding on a flying sheep. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, he's a little baby. Oh my goodness. He's a little baby. Oh, yeah. my, my dog is kind of looking over at me like, who's baby? I'm a baby. What? It's, it's me, right? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. You two are baby. Do not worry. Yeah. Oh, there he is! Oh my goodness, what a what a man! What a man! What a mighty good man! <laughs> Very good stuff. <laughs> what a man! Hashtag what, what a man! man. <laughs> Look, I, as um as a woman who likes um women um and non-binary folks, like I mean, I I still gotta say what a man, you know? Yeah. Like I gotta say it. What look? It. Game's gotta recognize game. Exactly uh, right. And he GG. is what a man, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it would be that guy. I would, I would absolutely have that guy. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Really like. What about that. you, Liv? Um, I was reminded. I'm looking up stuff because I was like, oh my god, what animals exist? What animals exist? Um, <laughs> I think it would be very much not helpful in a kind of like D and D environment. But if mm-hmm. it was just kind of like I have a familiar and he helps me do things. I think a sloth would be fun because oh. I would be like, hey, buddy, could you like pass me my drink? And then he'd be like, sure. And then he would just like take a really long time 
to do it and then because i have adhd i would forget i asked him to do it and all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) this drink would appear hours later (laughs) after he managed to get the drink and crawl all the way over to where you are now a little drink slowly (laughs) appears on screen (laughs) what is that what is oh hey it's my little friend it's my little guy hey thank you so much for that yeah this little guy um i love that yeah, and I don't think I think um, he he would stay up on. I'd have like a little tree for him that he could like oh. live in and hang out on. So like it would only be stuff within like his arms reach, and then for the rest of the time he could just kind of like chill and like hang out and do whatever he wants. Um, so oh. yeah, I think that would be I think that would be nice. Also, have you seen like the rainbow shrimp, like the the mantis shrimp? Are they yeah. The same thing? yeah, yeah. Like, rainbow guys. Those would you guys have one of the little the one of the club ones or one of the stab ones? Ooh, stabby guys, punch, punch, stab. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mantis shrimps the, are beautiful and terrifying. They are so pretty. They are. They they can punch up to like a, so much times their weight. They, like it's mm. they're very powerful little guys. Um, yeah, the big ones can and, punch a hole in aquarium glass. Oh God! <laughs> they're actually not. They're very bad to have in your aquarium because oh, uh, no. there is the possibility of one just poof and absolutely oh. bashing through if they're big I enough. Could actually, I could imagine like me looking at them in the aquarium, being like, "Don't you do it? Don't, I know you're gonna do it." And they're just like raising eh. their little fists. Eh. Like, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. And I'm like, "Oh my God, please, <laughs> please!" The, my little sloth familiar just went to sleep. You cannot make this room all weird for them. Like, please don't. It's gonna get everything <laughs> wet. Like, yeah. And then also on top of this, biscuits running around, my little dog, like, rah, 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 and then it's going to be rough. It's going to be a yeah. rough time. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, he'd get bop- he, you know, he'd get booped. If he ran over, he they would absolutely oh, he, boop his snoot. Absolutely. Oh, but then the, oh, but it's going to be so powerful. Oh my God. That's, he's got a long nose. He's a long nose boy. That's yeah. what Italian greyhounds are. So he would, like, the whole nose would just, like, retract into his face, and then he would be like mm. a pug. It would be rough. <laughs> Oh, a greyhound pug. That's horrifying. Yeah. A oh. grug. He'd be a grug, oh. yeah. A grug. <laughs> just a grug. Don't worry about my little grug. <laughs> An Italian grug, no less. Italian grug, uh, yes. This is a fun thing that my friend told me. Um, did you know that in Italy, they mm. their word for pug is Carlino, which is basically Charlie, Charlie or Little Charles. Oh, that's-, that's literally what they're called is Little Charles. <laughs> I love little Charles. Oh my god! Yeah, little that's what they call pugs in Italy. <laughs> See, okay, so here's the thing: um, pugs are when they are bred, they like they're getting it's getting worse and worse, and it's a problem because like they aren't able to breathe properly, and it's like a whole thing. But I, God, I love them so much. I love mm. them so much, though. And but I'm like, I don't want to exacerbate the problem that's already a thing and it's but i love them so much they're so cute yeah they were a mistake but they were a cute mistake exactly you know like oh dear (laughs) yeah Uh, never before has genetic failure been so adorable yeah but like i think look they should be look let's just protect pugs they just need to be protected and um let's breed them back to like where they used to be like if you have you seen pictures of like chinese ones from like way back in the day I have not. Chinese They're not. Pugs. They look functional. Okay, good. <laughs> I that for them. They look like functioning dogs. In contrast to like most pugs these days, uh, yes. that are just like masses of wrinkles and breathing problems. Yes. Pugs from hundreds of years ago look like functioning dogs oh, with they relatively look like short dogs. snouts. Yeah, what? they just look that's like a, short snouted dog. dogs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's just a little guy yeah oh, still very cute but they don't look like cute. something went wrong 
no, exactly. Unlike today. <laughs> yeah, the like I'm not gonna get into it, but the breeding industry is is bad and uh yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, we're on the same page um, there. Yes, 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 yes. Um okay, yes. What were we talking about? Oh, our uh, if you could yes, have so a familiar <laughs> Sloth and rainbow shrimp, and yeah. hope the, hopefully the the shrimp would not punch my dog in the face. Is what I'm hoping yeah. for. Yeah, I have so a I have a very very short tale from a a future <gasps> hypothetical table. Um, Ooh, so I in a previous edition of this, I had said that I was going to work on a red wall setting, and I have been working on a red wall setting, oh, and fantastic. it is not yet completely finished. But uh, mm-hmm. there was the idea, I believe, also my girlfriend Deja again, uh, to play mm-hmm. a pug or not a pug, sorry, a sloth. Mm-hmm. She wanted to play a sloth, mm-hmm. but because sloths are so bad at walking, um, in this world, in this version of the world, mm-hmm. the animals, uh, the equivalent, like animals are people, which means that the bugs become animals. So there are just mm-hmm. giant bugs wandering around so we had the Ooh. idea that their character would just be a, a, a sloth that's hooked up to like a big old like Hercules beetle or like a dung beetle uh, and just rides it around uh, yes. and so the, the, the sloth oh. is just lying there like hey and just riding yes. has like a has like a mobility bug uh, oh. that they use that's really nice <laughs> I love that yeah, yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to I yeah. cannot wait to see this come to fruition please please make it happen <laughs> Would love that. Yes. 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 Um, should we take a look um, should we, at Should we move on another? to another question? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, we uh, should. Yes. Yes, have you got one in mind? The, the next question that I can see, uh, mm-hmm. scrolling down, because there's a lot of, the next few questions are all just people saying, how do we access the Patreon? Uh, <laughs> or access the Patreon Discord. Uh, but a valid question. I see a question here from Duck with Human Legs. Yes, it's a very, it's a very, thank you for asking the question, those of you who asked it Mm -hmm. and for trying to figure it out. But Duck with Human Legs asked us, if your Mm D&D characters all played D&D, what D&D characters would they make? Interesting. (laughs) Um, I'll try and go first on this one, I guess, uh, because you went first last time. Um, If it was Juji, I think, like, because, so I... I think that all of your characters are either like facets of yourself or they are something that you would really like to be. So, um, in mm. actually the episode that came out most recently of, um, Tales of Bogado, Curse of the Spider Queen, um, Juji mm. enters herself into spoilers, a wrestling match. Um, <laughs> because she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. <laughs> no, I can, I can do that. Yeah, that's fine. I'd love, I'd love to do that. Um, please listen and see how that works out. But, uh, um, but, um, I think she would like, I think she would want to play like a barbarian or something. I think she would want to just be like, I go in and I smack it. (laughs) I smack it hard. I smack it good. Uh, (laughs) I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one, Um, one of mine. Yeah. I think it's a great one. Um, and I guess we haven't met oh, 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 your character from um, um, from uh, Strix Bitches. Uh, yes. Weirdly hard phrase to say. Uh, what Strix. what kind of D&D character would she make? Um, she would make, um, oh my goodness, what character would she make? Uh, it's been a while. What is her name? <laughs> I can't Hang remember on, her name either. I've, I've super, <laughs> I can't remember I've almost anyone's. I remember Shuirong's name. I remember theirs, Shui, but of that, course, because we all we all we all love Shui Rong. So, yeah, um, Summer Wallace, Summer Wallace is right. Her name. Um, it's a great name. Let me see. So, Sim's family are wizards. 
I so I once again, I think she would want to veer away from any magic spells because that's mm. stuff that she is used to and stuff that she's been pressured to do. Um, but they're not; they can't all be barbarians. So I'm going to say that she would be like a really oh I got it. She would be a really cool like champion fighter. She would just be like I want it to be basic. I want to be able to go in there and like do things like and and look good while I'm doing it and just be like mm. a kind of confident version of herself but she just has a big sword and um yeah also she's like also she dates a lady in it she's like oh my god I would never do that in real life <laughs> but like in <laughs> D&D I can do that right yeah that's fine yeah. uh yeah <laughs> we need more lady on lady romances uh in in three black halflings and also in the world in general Oh, I can I can deliver on that, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let me know. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. We'll, we'll get. Yeah, we'll talk about this uh, oh for the next. One. <laughs> uh, get excited, folks! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I th- mm-hmm. I think for me, because I'm trying to think of who I've who I've played. So I played mm-hmm. I played myself in in the cool. weird Strahd two shot, but uh, we've all heard characters that I've made. Um, I think. I think the main D and D stuff that I've done on the show was was also Strix bitches. So I think uh, yeah. that I've been a player in. So I I imagine um, my character. I, mean, I think I mean, Amber. Oh, so go ahead. Because I was just I was just wondering how you encapsulate like all that. Are you going to go like through each person? Like through no. Each identity? What I think what I'll okay. say is to some extent it would depend on what persona Ambrose was using. But yeah. I think if Ambrose was just playing as Ambrose, Ambrose would also want to play well, – Ambrose would want to play somebody who is a very widely accepted for who they are oh. and just shows up as themselves. And people are yeah. all like, oh, you're so cool and awesome and we we really like you and you're normal. Hmm. And I think Ambrose oh, would have – uh, Ambrose would play an Echo Knight fighter. So there's the yes. knight, the fighter, and then the Echo would be the different alternate personalities. So like each, and when the Echo oh, shows up, so it would be good. a different person every time. That's what I think Ambrose so, would do. That's that's very very good. I like the idea that um, uh, Ambrose and Summer are just playing two badass warriors, and that they are very happy about that. Yeah, um, I think I really I think, like that. I, I always like. Obviously, it was just a two shot, but like. Um, I feel like um, Summer would, maybe after the fact, although the ending, you should listen to Strix Bitches if you haven't listened to it. Um, but mm. basically, I feel like Summer would have wanted to get to know, like, Ambrose as Ambrose more, because, like, yeah, yeah they, they uh, she would have really enjoyed that, I think. I think they would yeah. have gone on, so. I think they would have, yeah, I think, they're, I think their base, I think Ambrose base form and Summer would have just actually legit gotten along. Yeah, for sure. But they just yeah. missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, maybe in some alternate, like we do like an alternate uh, return where they're just, everybody's just buddies and they're just chilling. Yeah, it's just a, just like a weird little hangout. But yeah, like Lost yeah, Season we do, 6. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, should we do one more question? Because we've been one talking question, a lot about other yeah, stuff. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can. I, let's do one more. Sure. Okay. Actually, um, there's. Oh man, these are two good questions. Can I do? Okay. Polarity Bear has another question for all halflings. What do you typically listen to when planning campaign sessions? Oh yes. Okay, I remember this one because I think I replied actually in the Discord because I was like, "This is a really cool question. I want to answer." Ha <laughs> ha. Mm. Um. So yeah, the, basically what I got out there was. Yeah, you I do. I can see to... your response. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I was really excited about it because I love, I do love listening to music while I make things. So this was like right up my street. So I basically was like, 
depending on the mood of what I'm trying to write, then I will like, I will listen to that. So if it's just like the opening where it's like, oh, the characters meet in a tavern, I'll have tavern music on in the background to kind of put myself in the situation. Like, um, like tavern music or like tavern, like um, ambiance or something like that. Um, and then if it's like a really big kind of crescendo of like a scene where like something that's been like bubbling up for ages in the campaign comes up, then I will listen to something epic and like, like awe inspiring and yeah that just gets me gets me in the mood to write mm-hmm. so um so that's what i do that's what i listen to yeah yeah, yeah. what about you yeah Jim? and what i said because i also responded to this i think yeah, when cool. i saw you respond i was like oh i gotta respond now uh i said <laughs> it depends on what i'm doing if i'm planning story stuff usually nothing um which is true i'm usually just very focused on like w- walking through and usually talking out loud through what needs mm. to be happening uh and how oh, things make connections throwing out ideas and such mm-hmm. um if i'm specifically planning like world stuff sometimes if i have chosen a theme for the specific world i will listen to it uh in order to get me in the mood uh for that mm-hmm. setting um so like sometimes if i'm gonna if i was gonna plan say city of the black rose or outlaws and obelisks uh i have a lot of music that i associate with both settings so i'd probably listen to for example the theme songs that johnny wrote um for outlaws and obelisks Mm -hmm. the the game genshin impact recently unveiled like a bunch of new stuff for basically an india slash north africa inspired setting uh and the music for that is like it's so spot on that i actually used it a lot for um for dnd in a castle because i did a new tarum based adventure in dnd in a castle recently uh and so that was yeah that was really really fun and i like that Mm -hmm. music a lot uh for for city of the black rose i have like a whole playlist i actually posted that in the discord a while ago uh the music of mavros and it's got like uh it's got jazz it's got um sort of like classical music it's got like more evocative or slightly orchestral jazz uh it's got music hall stuff it's also got specific characters theme songs uh because in my home games i usually have people pick theme songs so i have a lot of the theme songs from the actual individual pcs in that playlist Mm -hmm. as well because i think it gives you like an each each person who appears in that world i feel brings a new aspect to it so when i listen to that i'm like aha yes this this part of the world exists and this part of the world exists and there's people who feel this way and people who feel that way. So yeah. Uh, and every once yeah. in a while I will just listen to songs that I like. Nice. Yeah. Just, just to put you in a good yeah. mood while you, while you're planning. Yeah. That's great. I also find it fascinating yeah. to like the way you mentioned that you will just like listen to nothing. If you're like staying, you said you were saying stuff aloud to kind of like make sense of it. Right. When you're like thinking of like dialogue. Mm hmm. That's really interesting. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. I might give that a go because um oh, thank you. usually yeah, usually I um I like how ha- I like let things play out in my head and I like have a scene in my head. Most of the time when I'm planning stuff out, I, I will like I will literally close my eyes and have it play out in my head. Um so it's interesting to see like how everyone mm-hmm. has like a different kind of um thing a way of working. That's really cool. Um Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, should think... we do one one more because the last one that one, i one see more? is actually pretty cool okay uh, what we got yeah this is from chen again chen, hey, chen. says how detailed you. do you guys make your pc or npc backstories Ooh. okay should i answer this one first yeah go for it uh 
the the answer that I would have is it depends on what I'm using the uh, the PC for or NPC yeah. for. So uh, for if it's if it's something that like this is going to be we're going to be delving into like who this person is and where they're coming from and stuff, then I will usually try and be like, okay, this person lives their life this way. This is kind of where they come from emotionally. This is maybe where they're moving towards emotionally. Like this is what they want. Uh, and I will usually spend like potentially hours coming up with backstory stuff. Uh, I usually am not as specific as like, okay, so they were born to such and such and such and such it's on such yeah, and such yeah. a day and blah 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 it's more like this is the kind of maybe this is the kind of relationship they have with their parents or this is the kind of relationship they have with their peers etc 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 um if it's an npc usually not that detailed unless it's mm-hmm. something that they need to know for the game that's like relevant to like oh this person uh is the heir to such and such a throne and this is their family history and this is important because of the plot otherwise mm-hmm. it's like oh this person is a diplomat who grew up over here and now moves here and this is kind of what their deal is uh yeah. and so that maybe takes an hour or less and still as long as i know what they act like and what they want uh i think the npc usually works out fine yeah, and that sounds uh, that sounds um, pretty similar to me. Um, I would say as well that it also depends on like yeah, like you said, what what I'm using them for. If it's a player character in like um, an actual play, then I'm going to put a lot of thought into that backstory because mm. <laughs> I want them to be as like as fleshed out as possible. Like I like ideally, I will have like created like a mini world in my head, and I will have like. Uh, planned out as much as possible I'll even kind of like if I find myself like if I'm going for a walk or something I will like yes biscuit I know honey um (laughs) he makes weird little noises um if I'm going on a walk I will like put them in like a certain scenario in my head and I'll be like okay how would they react to this what would they do in this situation did this is this like a scene that happened in their past um Mm. and I'll usually do that once again while listening to music because um that's one of my favorite things to do is pop on my earphones and go for a walk um Mm. but um but yeah no so that I think it really depends on yeah if they're going to be in an actual play um if it's like a home game i find that i will have kind of like a basis for their backstory and that that will grow as as we go on um okay so like uh for example one of my favorite characters i play um she's called delta she's a water ganassi and she's also a bard and a rogue um initially her whole backstory was that um she was from a noble family um uh and she tried to kind of step out of that role and do some like nefarious deeds and whatever. Um, but then her brother was sent out to kind of like chase after her and bring her back. But um, he ended up getting killed in the process by the goons who had like, who she thought she was in charge of, but they were mm. like, we have found out that you are from money. And so we're going to like tell your family that we've got you. And so she just felt really played and blah, blah, blah. So she had like a yeah. whole kind of like, whole kind of like guilt process of like i killed my brother question mark um that kind of thing which was really interesting to play off of um but then as things progressed in the campaign like i was like what what about her relationship with her sister blah 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 and what about Mm. her relationship with her mother and like how does she feel about like um the fact that she would have been in line to take over the family business now that her elder brother had died but she just ran away from that because she didn't want that responsibility. So like, yeah, like I just find that it kind of, as you play, things really become clearer and almost fall into place because sometimes it's like, yeah, this character exists. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
because I'm obsessed with my characters. Um, but yeah, yeah, also when it comes to uh, NPCs, I think I'm I, I think about the same way as you do, Jeremy. So yeah, I, I've got their goal. Um, if they are going to turn out to be like a really important part of the plot, I'll probably flesh them out a bit more. But apart from that, yeah, they're pretty basic. <laughs> Unless, once again, they grow. As of course. Yeah. Of course. And at any point, uh, these characters can grow. And it's often yeah. in play in ways you never would have expected. And suddenly it's like, exactly. oh, we got to figure out more about this area of this person because we're starting to lean into a, a territory that we never would have thought. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's all part of the excitement. I love it. I love D&D. <laughs> yeah. Who, who would have guessed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we uh, should we transition into the next uh, part of today's episode? Because we're not just doing, yeah. not just doing questions. No, we're bringing we're back Tales from the Table. Woo! And we are. we're going to try out a new little mini segment here. We got a little thing. Go yeah. On. Yeah. Uh, should Should I do the Tales first? Yeah, let's go with Tales first. Okay. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So this first tale, um, and for those of you who have never listened to this, Tales from the Table are just where we tell literally, it's pretty much what it sounds like. We will tell a story about a game that we were in, uh, often as a, either a player or a dungeon master or a GM in general, uh, that was particularly enjoyable, a particularly standout moment, uh, wild and wacky time. Uh, the more chaotic, the better. Uh, and uh, I got two, uh, one of which I've been sitting on since August. 
I've been wanting to tell this since August. Uh, so... First, I have to give a shout out to the the players. I ran a game, I uh, ran a private game uh, for a group for the first time. Uh, it was paid, and etc. Uh, they hired me to come and uh, run a game for them. We did it remotely. Uh, I was originally contacted by John, but also in the party uh, were Jason, Paige, and Nick. Hello to all of you. I think all of you Hi, listen everyone. to this show. Uh, you've probably been waiting and waiting for me to talk about it. Uh, well, <laughs> now I'm going to talk about it, because we had so much fun. Uh, this this campaign took place in Udraco, which is like the dragon-heavy setting that Jasper and I made for D&D in a castle earlier this year. And um, essentially the, there's different factions in different, the idea is that the entire world is thought to exist on the body of a dragon. Uh, that a dragon at the beginning of the world fought, this dragon fought like a humanoid slight, uh, like Titan, kind of inspired by the, the chaos kampf, uh, the ca- the struggle against chaos that exists in especially uh uh, cultures that descended from what is thought to have been the proto-Indo-European culture, which is to say many, many cultures have a story of like a storm deity mm-hmm. or water deity battling against some kind of serpent or dragon-like entity and winning yes. often at like the beginning of the world. Uh, this happens, there's so many examples. Um, I, Heracles versus the Hydra is like one, but like Zeus versus Jormungandr, uh, the world serpent, that's not at the beginning of the world, it's the end of the world, but um, mm-hmm. Uh, Marduk versus Tiamat is another. It's all over the place. And interestingly, mm-hmm. Japan has a few as well. Uh, but the it's thought that, at least in the case of the ones that aren't Japanese, uh, that they may have all descended from one original myth. So we were like, what if we had the serpent uh, or serpent dragon-like being fight the humanoid titan? But in this case, they won. Uh, and, and that dragon, that worm, uh, was so exhausted from the battle and it had to heal its wounds so it curled up into a ball like a little uh horned lizard uh which if you have not seen a picture of a horned lizard curled up into a ball go and do yourself a favor if i I have to send you the picture Liv. i'm sorry um i'm gonna send you the picture on i'm doing it i'm gonna send you the picture on discord uh Mm -hmm. because if you thought the axolotl was cute this (gasps) this is in the same league uh i gotta say this is this is legitimately oh you you found it yes it's so cute isn't it immediately googled immediately oh it's so cute look at that guy he's just in his yeah. little ball don't worry yeah. about him oh and so that's what the dragon is he's a little he's a little guy who curled just up a into guy. a ball and the world grew around him uh and the Aww. premise for the for a lot of these games is that you know there may be something wrong with the dragon or different different regions in this world have different challenges so they they were part of a crack Team. Uh, they were specifically, when did I have them as part of, um, um, we've run, I had run this setting twice in a similar mm-hmm. scenario, except they went to a different place. Um, the first time, I believe they were Delta Company. Uh, this time, they were a different group. What did, What were they? Um, what were you, see. What were yes. you lot up to, huh? What were you up to? Yeah, what, 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 what company were they? I have it written down. I just saw it, which is why I remember. This is why. Yes, they were United Company. Uh, they were United. And uh, they went down to a swamp land that has all sorts of like fungal dragons and bizarre, creepy, ghosty things, willow wisps and all sorts of terror. And there were problems there. And they had to get to the bottom of what was causing the problem 
problems. There were issues with people turning into undead. Anyone who would die and lie in the swamp water would become an undead in an indeterminate amount of time. Oh, but they would keep lying there until somebody came nearby and then they'd pop up and attack. Uh, yeah. There was like a fungal rot that was in, it was infecting a lot of the fungal dragons. It was real, real bad. Uh, and Fungal dragons? Yes, fungal dragons. Uh, there are a lo- we got real creative with the dragons for this one. Uh, okay. So there are dragons that are like just straight up fungus. Like they are, they appear to be composed oh. of fungus and they'll like Listen, move. Guys. Yeah, and they'll have they'll literally have fungal networks whereby they can communicate oh. with each other over distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had gem dragons, but the gem dragons are taken to an even further extreme in this one group. Yeah. Their dragon is a straight up computer. Uh, their dragon is a is a plant based computer, kind of using. I, the idea of plant intelligence um it's like if you had a highly developed plant version of intelligence that a person was able to interface with they essentially use this plant and it's a dragon but it's like uh it's a it's basically a plant dragon computer uh it's it's a, each each location has cool stuff it's a very cool setting guys I'm just going to say I'm just going to shout out to both you and Jasper for this this level of world building Mike <laughs> <laughs> hot, hot diggity dog that's good thank stuff you. thank Mwah, you chef's kiss uh yes. thank you well united company uh traveled into thaka is the region that they specifically went to mm-hmm. thaka is the swamp swampland real scary real spooky uh they made it in there they had they i think they met a dragon that was infected uh they managed to free the dragon I, I think I'd originally planned on them killing the dragon, but I think they actually defeated. I think they managed to defeat her without killing her, and oh. and they were through speaking to her, they were able to figure out that she had been infected after visiting a specific fort, and they were like, "Oh, we gotta go over to that fort." So they went to the fort, and while they were at the fort, they discovered uh, essentially that uh, this had all been caused by a hag-like being named Odds. Ah, excuse me, Ahi Yedza. That was her name, Ahi, Ahi Yedza. Um, I forget where I got her name from, but her name actually had a reason for being that. Uh, I cannot remember what it was, though. But Ahi Yedza uh, was there, and they spoke to her. It was real creepy and spooky. She was clearly a scary, powerful person. And here, uh, and I don't even know if I told them this, um, I originally had multiple parts to this adventure, but because we only had five hours, and because this was we this this group likes to goof, we like to. They were big big fans of the goofs i'm like look i love Love a good goof let's goof we goofed a lot and so we didn't get to everything that i had planned which i'm fine Mm -hmm. with i just start look that's why we overplan because then you can just start chopping and cutting out material and throwing it willy uh willy-nilly over your shoulders as you guys with it yeah yeah so we cut it all the way down to we we cut all the middlemen and we're with ahi yedza now they and i started to realize like because of these negotiations and because of what's happening we're probably not going to have time for a full combat which means that I had to find another solution. And this is where I shout out uh, the players because thank you players for giving me these really interesting detailed backstories specifically, um, specifically in, let me see who, yes. Okay. So in one of the backstories specifically for the characters, Charles and uh, also goes by Chuck and Charlotte who were uh, siblings who were born out of the same clutch of eggs. Uh, they had essentially a pyramid scheme that they were working on Fantastic. in okay. which they would sell a, a fungus called Grungus. 
called Grungus. Yes, it's called yeah. Grungus. Brilliant. And <laughs> and it was just a fun side thing in their in their backstory that they were going to try and be peddling Grungus wherever they went. <laughs> And I don't uh, know how we've, I've, we managed to finagle with this, but using that from their backstory, the final confrontation was rather than a battle, them trying to convince Ahi Yedza to go in with them on, oh Grungus, God, on Grungus as a pyramid scheme. Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> and we went through the whole multi-level marketing uh, <laughs> like logic. She understood it completely and was totally oh. on board and actually was willing to help fund the thing. <laughs> she got oh to be a part God. owner. Uh, what kind and, of charisma check did they roll? Was it yeah, high? they had to roll like a big time like persuasion yeah. check to talk her into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I forget who rolled it, but it was like everybody throwing in all of their arguments, throwing in whatever abilities they had to try and like yes. boost the number. Uh, and it all came down to this role it, it succeeded she mm. did go in with them on it uh, and the conclusion of the game was the curse from the land was lifted the uh, grungus became widely sold throughout the land yes grungus <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was really 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 fun uh, it was an fantastic. absolute blast. Um, so shout out to John and co, because that mm-hmm. was, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to run that game with you. And just, we, they were so, they were so great, legitimately so this great. Is, I'm just going to point out real quick that this is why if you can, if you have the time giving your DM as much backstory as you can, if you, if you're able to, it's going to come into play in some really fun way. So you should absolutely give it a go if you can. Yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. That sounds great, yep. Jeremy. Um, I, uh, yeah. And uh, look, that's the kind of, this is the kind of dedication that you can expect from me if you hire me to run a game for your yeah. team. So, you know, um, still I working on the website, but it's, yeah, you, you <laughs> look, you message me now. We'll talk. Um, I can give you my rates and whatnot. Um, we'll see. I'm, I should have a website and whatnot, uh, set up pretty soon, but anyway, uh, that was the first story. That was the first story. Uh, I have one other one that I've been wanting to tell. This one I've been wanting to tell since September. And this Mm -hmm. is the story of the game that I played at uh, the most recent round of D&D in the Castle that I ran, which was Mm. uh, done. This was round four of this year. Um, Oh, I need there was I can't tell the whole story, uh, but it was a magical game. Um, who who all was at this table? Okay, so we had magical in setting or magical in just who was there, the, the, the people, you know. Uh, I was referring to the people. Uh, but we ran this cool. one in Nutarum, which is the the setting for Outlaws and Obelisks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, among the group we had Alasdair, we had uh, we had Wolf, we had Dan, uh, we had Eric. Um, um, oh, I, I, we had Trisha, and uh, uh, we had uh, uh, Brittany. Yes. Uh, all Shout of them were to, great. To you uh, Hi. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Hello to all of you. Uh, okay. It was a wonderful Motley crew um, of just very diverse and really interesting and wild characters uh, yeah. of like very different and interesting backstories. Uh, if 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 and when we do Outlaws and Obelisks season two, I may try and include a, a little side reference to their exploits. <gasps> That's um, fantastic. Like I'm just saying that I was like I was gonna say that to you like after the fact i'm glad that you brought it up look if you want to be included in and uh, jeremy's dming look you might be included in an actual play you don't know that's not a guarantee but obviously it could happen you know just all i'm saying it's all <laughs> out there <laughs> absolutely um yeah. 
It, uh, so they, among other things, I think the initial mission was they had to basically go and take out an evil version of the Beverly Hillbillies called the Al Clampets. Uh, there was, I had a whole like little Beverly Hillbillies parody, like theme song parody rhyme worked out for them. Uh, I know instead of Jed, the leader was named Yeed. Um, I think his son, instead of Jethro, was Yithrun. Um, I can't remember all of their names, but uh, they they did succeed in actually defeating the Beverly Hillbillies. It was a wild time, like really wild. At one point, they took what was essentially leftover military grade speed. Uh, to help yes. themselves do it, <laughs> like legitimately oh, they took it. I thought you you were saying they took it away and then like did whatever they did with it. No, they just flat no. Out they had to use it because it was like, it. look, the the odds are stacked against us. It's gonna go off. I don't know how speed works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so actually, the characters' names: uh, Shadow. We had Rag. Uh, or excuse me, Rags. We had Zag. We had Twyford. We had no one. Uh, spelled N-O-E-H-N, no one, uh, and we had Zem, although Zem's full name, um, oh, what was Zem's full name? I think we used Zem as an abbreviation because it, it got confusing to say his full name. Um, let me see. Oh, his full name was Izem, named after the kingdom that existed prior to Utarum's, uh, okay. prior to the Calamity. Uh, so Zem, short for Izem. Um it was uh, an absolutely magical time. Uh, one of the highlights was they got caught in a magical sandstorm. So like a lot of the, because it's like a, a post-apocalyptic setting, there's like magical radiation. And so that means like, and there's a lot of desert. So there's magically irradiated sand, which means you end up sometimes with magically irradiated sandstorms uh, that will sweep through areas and they are extremely deadly. Uh, That's they, so cool though. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they got caught in one, uh, and they did manage to they they did manage to survive it. But as part of it, I can't remember exactly what I rolled. But mm-hmm. Zem had a hoat, a trusty hoat, which is essentially a horse goat combo. Uh, yes, hoats are very widespread. Get that, get that hoat milk, yes, of course, yes, the hoat milk, uh, yeah. and. Zag, or excuse me, not Zag. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, his his hoat somehow gained a bunch of levels of sorcerer. I don't this, remember this, how this, this happened, yeah. but his hoat gained eight levels of sorcerer. Oh jeez! <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! And could cast polymorph, fireball, oh, no. uh, multiple. No. I think like some wild spells. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, let me see if I can find. Oh not, no, I don't know. Not the hope. Not the hope with the fireball, though. My god, my goodness. <laughs> it's a good thing that she's like a well-tempered hoat because, like, you can't be you can't be having a badly tempered hoat running around with the fireball. Oh no, running amok. Um, let me see. Oh, they also had a guy with them whose consciousness had been put into a hoat. That was just an NPC. I forgot about that guy. Really? He was like there. He was one of their men on the inside who could speak on to the them telepathically. Of a hoat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Literally on the inside of a hoat. Uh, and also, there was a little cameo from Gohar Spears, whom, uh, if you have listened to uh, listened to Outlaws and Obelisks so, uh, Slowdown Showdown, there are references to Gohar Spears as the guy who assembled the team that goes on the adventure. And Gohar Spears was again the person who who ran the the uh, who sort of uh, had assembled them for this adventure as well. Fab. Um, 
But that that whole game was absolutely bonkers. We actually got to go into Dido, which we did not get to do in Outlaws and Obelisks. It's a major city that gets mentioned a bunch in Outlaws and Obelisks, and we we glimpse it, but they never actually get to go inside. And there was a whole portion of the adventure that took place in Dido. Uh, it was so much fun. There, yeah. like, I have to if I was wearing a hat uh, for both of these games. Really, I would absolutely take mm-hmm. off my hat to the commitment, uh, both like in terms of intellectual and just uh, emotional commitment of the players in both of these games. Uh, there's nothing yeah. better than a D&D game when everybody is like on the same page. In. and Just like, yeah. 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 For sure. um, the, I think everybody cried at one point in that game. <laughs> everybody, everybody at least teared up. Uh, and like a lot of times it was love a D&D process. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a lot of times it wasn't even for anything I did. Like they made oh. themselves cry because we would just yes. have like these character moments and they would be, I'd be like, how do you feel? And they'd be like, I feel like based on what I've learned and blah, 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 it gets to like, and I just feel like I, my whole life has changed and I don't, and like this, this these characters, they're so in character that, and they're like, dang, at the end of it, at the end of it, like, man, made myself get a little emotional there. <laughs> yeah, did. Love that yeah it was so good. Uh, and there was a climactic moment. Uh, shout out to Wolf uh, and, and their character Zag, who had a, a, book they carried with them this uh really really cool book but that they're they're uh this is actually another little easter egg so in in outlaws and obelisks uh sancho the barian is the head library librarian at or librarian at um the stella library in or library uh in uh in al maghrib and uh they became head librarian after Zag's mentor was sucked into a book. So that's, that's. Oh, okay. It took me yeah. a while to be like, wait, what? Wait, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got the job is because the previous mentor got sucked into this ancient tome uh, that Zag okay. now carried with them. And there was a climactic moment where it was clear that like, this could get real dangerous. Like the battle was not going their way. And Zag basically used all of their magic uh and i believe read part of the book and essentially sacrificed themselves uh and actually was absorbed into the fabric of the book uh in order to save all of their friends and it was this super emotional scene uh again folks were crying right and left Mm -hmm. uh that whole it was the the campaign uh what i really loved about that campaign is it really ended up being more about the people than about what they were doing it was like how does how does what you're doing affect you as a person and how does it change you and how does how does how does the fact that you're changing uh then affect your later actions for one character fully changed his name shadow started out as shadow and by the end of it he'd completely given up his desire for revenge and become a peaceful monk named cuthbert oh cuthbert (laughs) yeah i think cuthbert was his original yeah, Cuthbert was his old name, uh, and I think he'd taken on the name Shadow after everyone in his monastery had been slaughtered, and he oh, ended up no. coming to a place of real forgiveness uh, because no one actually had been involved. No one, the character, uh, no one was was no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one was part of the group that helped uh, kill all the people that were associated with that, that were at his monastery. Now, no one didn't mm-hmm. kill anybody herself. I think she was just kind of there. And actually, I, she kind of was like, nah, I don't want to do this. But mm-hmm. she was still but semi-complicit in the set. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, 
in the sense that she had been with that gang and everything like that. Um, but I, in fact, she may have even tried to stop it, but then she had to, she was of course defeated and had to flee. That was, that was all part of her backstory, yeah. but he ended up forgiving her, came to peace with himself. Another guy was driven by revenge his whole life, had like a complete change in heart. Uh, uh, Zag be, achieved enlightenment while sacrificing their physical form. One guy didn't have his memory. He got his memory back, figured out who he was and was just okay with it. And he was at peace with stuff. One of the characters was, was apparently just the doctor from Doctor Who, who was somehow a kobold and then walked off into the multiverse. Uh, <laughs> and and oh no God. one ended up atoning for what she'd done in the past by joining with Cuthbert mm-hmm. and trying to protect the knowledge of this book uh, and, you know, travel around as like a, essentially a new monastery pair. Like she's like the guardian mm-hmm. of the new monastery that's being established. It was so much fun. Uh, I don't know that's if any so of them good. still listen to the show, but yeah, yeah. Such a rewarding you time. Do. That sounds great and well done because that, that's really cool. Uh, that, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Jeremy. That's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I just, I just, I love hearing, um, you know, like when people like reach out to Jeremy, you're going to, you're going to have a good time with, you know, like uh, when you, when you play D&D with Jeremy, it's just, it's just, it's just the truth is all I'm saying. It's just the truth. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that is that, are those your tales from the table? Those are my two tales. Uh, I because somewhere there was a chat in which Alasdair actually compiled a whole like ta- like he actually wrote down the whole story. Oh, I have it. Oh, dang, I'm gonna have to read through this. He wrote down the <laughs> whole story of what happened in that game. Uh, and so I don't know. I'll may I may ask him if I if he's okay with me releasing some of it at some point. Uh, but cool. it's this thing is 34 pages long. He took such good notes. He has quotes. Oh from everybody oh this is so cool that's um, awesome that's yeah cool. yeah that's fab yeah it was great you, uh, great you're just reading through it now like like a, just yeah a now i'm just looking at it like, i'm trying to find the name of the host <laughs> i think her name was dolly but i could be wrong about this i'm trying yeah. to find uh <laughs> there was a part where they killed an old lady because <laughs> she was evil uh okay, she was well, a little old lady who was taking a bath in hope milk and they ambushed her and just beat her to death oh, <laughs> she was the equivalent oh, of granny God. from the from the beverly hillbillies so she was a monster she was an evil a very oh. evil woman <laughs> but they weren't sure oh. they thought it evil, was her but also conflicted but also oh yeah it was yeah so they beat this old, evil old she's not only that she, i think she was a lokatha so they okay. beat an old fish to death. Oh God! <laughs> oh, that she's was in the great. middle of a, of a cheeky hope bath. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Just, yeah, that's funny. great times. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Liv. Uh, this is yeah. the the beginning of the new. This is a sort of perhaps the birth of a new mm. segment. We will see. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, <laughs> so your idea for this is maybe calling it Shia Folk soapbox is that one of the yeah. ideas that you have yeah or maybe yeah i don't know something about ranting or, or i don't know the idea is that it's like an opportunity for one of us to just nerd out for a few minutes about yeah. something that we love so you were like yeah come up with something to rant about and i was like okay um usually i rant about D, but i'll do something different <laughs> um so then we had a little chat about it and i'm going to talk to you today about mm-hmm. <laughs> something I've mentioned in passing, um, but you might, look. If you turn off now, I'm that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, but also, you should <laughs> you should hang out because it should be a bit funny. The Twilight Saga is uh, is was written by Stephanie Meyer <laughs> several <laughs> years ago, um, and right now it's in the middle of a rena- of a renaissance. Basically, the um, 
uh, it was like a really big thing when I was a teenager. It was like prime time for me to have fallen into the rabbit hole that is Twilight. Um, mm. I was in love with both Jacob and Edward um, before I knew. Um, you were playing for both teams? <laughs> before uh, you knew? Look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, how do you feel about them um, now i'm actually curious with seeing okay. as how you had like such affection for them before now that you've discovered yeah. this about yourself how do you feel about that them i find i find that well obviously because i was a, a a goofy little teenager i didn't know what was i didn't i didn't know what a healthy relationship looked like so na- naturally yeah. now i'd be like no those two are not that's not for me <laughs> um but i find that if i did have a crush on like a guy when i was a younger there's still kind of like residual like oh look at them yeah yeah bless mm-hmm. you know like like yeah bless them i still have like residual affection yeah um so yeah no i was like um uh, but but mainly, I was in love with Alice Cullen, who is the the uh, sister of Edward, and who is the best character in the whole in the whole thing. So um, mm. I stand by that. And Bella and Alice should have gotten together. So um, uh, it's, sorry, my dog is on my back. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> just appeared. <laughs> oh, a little a little snaky long boy just appeared Sneaky over your shoulder, guy. looking into what the camera. <laughs> what are you doing? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps like like he's prairie dogging back there. He's like, gonna oh. he's gonna jump. Jerry's gonna jump on me. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. You can't jump. Okay, it's okay. You want to come over here? Oh god! I'll probably release this as like some kind of little clip. Maybe yeah. we'll see. <laughs> he's so cute. He's just a little guy. Don't even worry about him. I know. So come over here then. Come over here. Come on. Come over here. There we go. Come on up. Um, he wants the affection. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> get off of me! <laughs> oh, he's fully licking Liv's face right now. Yes, he is. Uh, he's oh, and he just yawned. Guy. Did a big yawn. It's okay, sir. Um, so, anyway, yeah, Alice Cullen was the best uh, character in the whole thing. I read through, yeah, when I was reading Twilight, I didn't realize at the time that I liked women. Uh, when, uh, but then. Yeah, so in New Moon, if you don't know, uh, Edward leaves Bella for the whole book, basically. So that's why people are like, New Moon sucks, because Edward wasn't in it for the majority of the book. Um, But then, yeah, so uh, when, at the end, the Cullens come back into it, um, Alice appears, and I I lost my mind. I was weeping. I was just like, oh my god, I don't know why I'm so emotional about this. It's because you're gay, Liv, is why why you were so emotional. Mm. Um, About it. Uh, but anyway, off of that subject, uh, back into Twilight as a whole, the Renaissance <laughs> is happening. <laughs> People are like, because obviously when Twilight initially was around, people were either, people were like, the people hated Twilight. People yeah. were actively like, like, it was like cool to hate Twilight. Um, yeah. Which was a shame because it was like, uh, wow, can like bas- basically people don't like what teenage girls like because they don't like teenage girls. Yeah. Um, it's a whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when we had something that we really enjoyed, it was like, well, we got to dunk on this now because the teenage girls like it. Misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, so the misogyny is, is real for sure. Um, which is, which always blows my mind because like, you know, there's the same level of like fanaticism that goes into like football. Like it's the same, it's the same thing, you know, but like that isn't, Mm -hmm. that isn't torn to shreds. But anyway, um, 
the people who basically were like, oh, I love Twilight so much. And then were like, oh, I didn't, you know, I'm so glad I grew up that. Ha ha ha. Uh, Now we're all back and we're like, oh, do you remember when this happened in the third book? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you remember this? Do you remember that? I'm currently um, like going through the films with Chloe, my partner, and just like she's fully realizing how how heavily I was into this thing, um, <laughs> mm. like like I'm like telling her about like the the actors behind the character and being like, oh yeah, did you know that um, Kellen Lutz, who plays Emmett, actually brought a bag of eggs in with him for the for Twilight filming because he was trying to stay ripped. Um, so those bag <laughs> that bag of eggs that he brought is actually what he was eating on set. Um, <laughs> Like that level of that's nonsense. Amazing. <laughs> like deep yeah, so nerdery. So so super deep. I went to um Twilight Prom, which is something that I brought up recently to you and Jasper, and you were yes. like, What the what in the actual ever living fuck is Twilight Prom? <laughs> which which absolutely fair. Um basically me and my friend um my friend Ellie, shout out to Ellie, uh we were both super um into Twilight together and we were like, let's go to Twilight Prom up in Manchester or Birmingham. Like we we traveled. We traveled for this event. From Brighton? Um, or were you still from, in Wales at this point? From Cardiff, yeah. So Oh yeah. no. Whoa. Yeah. I know. I mean honestly it might be a little bit shorter, but that you have to come in from like the the east, I don't know. Yeah. Um and then go upwards. Um yeah. But uh, my parents very kindly took me to to that event. Um, and yeah, so basically we just got dressed up in dresses and like um, hung out with some of the kind of more minor cast of Twilight. And it was the best thing that ever happened to us. And they had basically lots of merch that we could buy. And that was Twilight Prom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the level of, that's how deep we were into it. We were like, this is the best night of our lives. Oh my God. Um <laughs> Uh, I don't, this isn't necessarily a rant about Twilight or the renaissance of Twilight. It's just me um, expressing my sins. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How long has it been since your last uh, Twilight-based confession? Well, (laughs) (laughs) um, literally probably when I was um, watching uh, the, um, I think we got up to New Moon. We haven't done Eclipse yet, but when me me and Chloe have been, uh, uh, yeah, learning about my sins, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, um, what's also very funny is that um, my colleague Maddie uh, in Dicebreaker, uh, of Dicebreaker fame, uh, uh, she and I are both equally into the renaissance of Twilight and we're, bo- <laughs> we're both trying to convince um, Wheels, our head of video, that we should go on a trip to Forks, Washington, because that would be a really good video idea. What um, <laughs> Look, Forks, Washington is where, is where it was filmed. You want to go all the way to set. the American West Coast? <laughs> you want to go to Washington State? Look, Jeremy, it would be really good content for the video. And I- <laughs> how long, do you know how long of a flight that would be? No. <laughs> that Okay, so from where I live to L.A., mm. I yes. think is three or four hours. And okay, I live in the Midwest. Fine. I live uh-huh. in the continental U.S. and that's to L.A. To Washington, you could be looking uh-huh. at four to four hours plus just from Cincinnati. Cool. Uh, in fact, from Chicago to L.A. is three hours. So you're looking at anywhere <laughs> from three to four hours from just there. Now, from mm-hmm. from Cincinnati to <laughs> London Heathrow Airport is approximately eight hours. 
Where, back when they used to do direct flights. So, with uh-huh. that in mind, we're looking at potentially a 12-hour flight. Uh, <laughs> from, uh-huh. And that may, there may even be a connecting flight. It may be that you fly yeah. in, land at, like, Atlanta Airport uh, from, like, a okay. five to si- like a six or seven-hour flight. And then you have to take another five-plus-hour flight all the way up to Seattle, Washington. And then uh-huh. you have to get a car and drive. Uh-huh. <laughs> Across and the, the state. And the car I get, Jeremy, will be a recreation of Bella's truck from Twilight, is oh, what it will no. be. And I will drive it out. No. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> Oh, no. I will be playing the the intro music from Twilight. It's like <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> eight straight hours of just like driving through like the the pines of Washington State, avoiding the hidden neo Nazis until you oh, arrive. Yeah. yeah, no, Maddie will have to drive, and I'll duck down, but it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie just shaves their head, and you're just yeah. <laughs> just to try and fit in. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be absolutely fine, Jeremy. Everything you're saying, I have I have an answer for. It'll be fine. It's the um, Green Room so- <laughs> sequel, except instead of a punk rock club, you go to the Twilight. You go on a oh, Twilight God. tour. <laughs> it's packed with neo-Nazis. Oh, God. That would be such a sad little story. Oh, my God. We just go there for, like, hoping to recreate Twilight. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually it's actually terrible um yeah it's the final uh, yeah. battle of twilight except like from the from the was it breaking mm-hmm. dawn is it breaking yes. dawn the last one yeah yes. uh except you're like feeding neo-nazis to wolves instead of dakota oh, I fanning love that. that yeah i mean like dakota fanning's fine uh she's she can she can hang out if she wants i assume she lives there in Fort yeah Washington. she joins and helps um, like you she just helps yeah, exactly. you kill the neo-nazis yeah she's like oh don't mind if i do hi i'm dakota fanning and i'm like hi dakota fanning it's me <laughs> live and maddie from dicebreaker hi uh, oh i'm a huge fan <laughs> Big fan, big fan uh, of your work. You might also know me through, from Three Black Halflings, and she's like, "Oh, absolutely." Shall we get to the killing? And I'll be like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that'll be fun. That'll be a fun trip, uh, fun work trip that we will do. Um, but yeah, apart from that, uh, Twilight is good. I know that Twilight is bad, but like Twilight's a lot of fun. And if mm. you are kind of thinking to yourself, like what is this woman talking about? I highly <laughs> encourage you. I will, look, I will convince Jeremy and Jasper to let me have a Twilight section of the Discord where you can talk to me about Twilight. <laughs> You'll make, a, make, a, make a Twilight, you can make forums, I think, on our Discord yeah. now. Make a yeah. fi- Twilight forum post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be great. And we'll just talk about it and you'll be like, Liv, what is this? And I'll be like, I know, mate, I know. Um <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, would you so say that you really like about Twilight? Like, what if you were to describe? It doesn't have to be one thing, but like, what would you say is the appeal of the series for you? I mean, right now, the appeal of the series is how literally absurd it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so absurd. Like, it's just you have the vampires, which is fine. You have so much vampire media that's absolutely fine. Um, mm. But also, like, you've got. We were just discussing before the the show started um, how absurd the ending of Twilight is which I mean it's been out for several years I'm gonna give you spoilers for the end of Twilight I'm sorry but (laughs) spoiler alert for a series that was popular in 2009 yes (laughs) I'm sorry but here here we go so 
Uh, there's a whole thing about how Bella and Edward will not have hanky panky times until after marriage, um, and then like yeah, and then be, it, it and it's like a oh, cool that's going to happen, fine, whatever. Um, somebody asked Stephanie Meyer on a panel. They were like, "Hey Stephanie, is there any chance that Bella could get pregnant with Edward's baby?" And Stephanie was just kind of like, "What is Stephanie Meyer part goblin or something?" <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's um, Yoda. Is yes, Stephanie Meyer Yoda? Yoda? <laughs> yeah, Stephanie Yoda. Yeah, we mm, have to see we will. <laughs> that was Miss Piggy is what I just did. That almost uh, sounds like you're doing like a jazz singing thing. Like you're about to start scanning. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you sense. scat a little bit with that in that voice? <laughs> is that fine? <laughs> is that what we wanted? <laughs> yeah, that needs to need, that needs to go in the new intro. Uh, well, we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Excellent. a great like, sound! Oh my god, who? Like, who is that? And I'm like, it's me. It's Liv. Don't even worry about it. Um. So my good friend Stephanie was like, "Mm, maybe Stephanie (laughs) Meyer is the cookie monster. Canonically, cookie monster Stephanie Meyer." Um, She was like, "I don't know." Um, So yeah. Anyway, um, Bella does in fact get pregnant with Edward's Edward's child, and so um, the whole of the vampire family, uh, except for Rosalie, who does not care whether or not Bella lives or dies, and wants this child to live. Um, everyone else is like, we gotta make this not happen because this baby's gonna kill you. And Bella's like, no, I love my baby. You can't because the, we were talking about the whole religious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. Yeah, there's, there's a whole. Yeah, because whole... Stephanie Meyer's a Mormon, I believe, and there's like yes. people have since the series came out have been saying like this is this is clearly written with like a Mormon set of values in terms of like abstinence yes. until marriage yeah. and the biting is like Ella or Ella uh, Edward. <laughs> yeah. Biting Bella is like a metaphor mm. for sex. And so yeah. he can't, he cannot penetrate her and make her bleed until after they are married. Until, and, until yeah. they have uh, entered the Holy Sacrament, of course, um, <laughs> which is absolutely fine. Stephanie, you do you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of but like, only yeah, if you're married, <laughs> only you do you or if you're married. Okay. Um, as we do. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, there are so many themes there. Um, you have that, you have the, the scene, uh, everyone was really looking forward to the scene. Well, looking forward is a stretch, actually. The scene where Bella gives birth, people were like, what are they going to do? <laughs> what? How are they going to make that come to life? Do not understand. It is grotesque in the film. Excellently executed. <laughs> uh-huh. It's it's so wild. Um, also, Jeremy, they try to like make like a weird little animatronic baby, and it was I've the most... This. You seen the baby? Yes, oh, so bad. <laughs> the baby's bad, gang. Yeah, little Renesme, who, by the way, is a combination of of Renee, Bella's mum, and Esme, um, who is Edward's mum. That's why she's called Renesme. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, Sounds like it should yeah, be a they, couple name, not a yeah, baby it name. Not a baby name. No. 
Um, so they made that weird little animatronic baby. It's the worst. Some it lives. I think maybe Maddie said <laughs> that it lives in Forks, Washington now. It's in the Twilight Museum that they have there. Oh, that's um, horrifying. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that's funny. Uh, Doesn't yeah, Jacob so seen... imprint on this baby as well? When Jacob imprints it? on the fucking baby. Jeremy. This adult, this adult man this adult sees a man. baby and imprints okay. on the baby and is like, yeah. "I'm in love with you now." So, okay, so in love, okay, so here's the thing. They just, <laughs> Stephanie tries to justify it by being like, look, before the baby turns 18, they, they will care for the baby like it, like a brother, like a, like a sibling. And it's like, okay, Stephanie, cool. It's still weird, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie! <laughs> yeah. Still not good. Basically, the whole thing of it was like, well, they can't like attack the Cullens now because you know they were one of their own as imprinted on the baby. Uh, oh boy, Stephanie. Oh boy. It's, it's a rough. It's a rough. It's a rough time. Um, <laughs> there yes. in there's a series of videos that I really like on on YouTube called uh, Pitch Meetings, yeah. and it's basically just this guy Ryan George. Uh, per- playing a writer pitching the movies to uh, a, a, a studio executive also played by himself. And it's a great series, but the, I remember the one for that when he specifically gets to the part when Jacob imprints on Renezme, <laughs> like this, this executive who's usually fine with everything is like, yeah, of course. Okay. There's just like a long pause. And he's like, I don't no. like that. No. <laughs> What are Nobody we doing likes here, man? That. Nobody <laughs> likes it. He's like, literally like, "What are What are we doing? What is this, this isn't good. Like this. Oh. This is. It's. And I think he even makes the argument. It's like, no, he's going to treat her like she's a brother. He's his brother until yeah. she's older. And he's like, you know, that's you know, that's actually worse, right? Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> that's um, what they call grooming. Haha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool. Whatever, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good old oh, one, dear. Steph. Good job. She's going to act like her brother until she's older. (laughs) That's her. That's what she sounds like. Um, So basically, yeah, the series, that in particular, extremely problematic. We don't stand that. Um, uh, (laughs) We do not stand. We do not stand that. Um, But yeah, so that's, it's just the level of absurdity of this whole franchise is wild. When you look back on the films, like you just have some, some really like, like, uh, your girl is in it uh, mm. from from Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick is. Oh in yeah, it. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And she d- does. A, she plays such a minor character, but she makes that character into something huge. She like does such a good job with it. Like, yeah, you have um, uh, Bella's dad, who everyone is in love with. Like, he's mm. great. He's just like he's just like, oh, hey, Bella, I got you a sandwich i don't know like it's something <laughs> weird um he's just, just helpful great. dad he's just a helpful dad who doesn't know what's going on he's like why is my why is my child obsessed with this boy and she's been gone for several weeks oh she's back and there's a child that's grown to, it's like seven years old now she's like this is my daughter and he's like what are you talking about bella <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> this uh, poor man poor guy poor charlie um yeah, and then obviously you have like Taylor Lautner who like got ripped for the part because they were like, "We're gonna fire you as Jacob if you don't get ripped." And he was like, "You watch me get ripped. You watch me." <laughs> and then he did. And yeah, there is so there are so many levels to this to this to this whole franchise. Highly recommend delving into this nonsense. Um, yeah, 
And you should let me know if you do, because it's funny. That's my little soapbox section, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you. That was what a soapbox. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give a, a little round of applause there. Thank you, so uh, they, thank so you Liv. I, thank you for, uh, I really enjoyed getting to hear you uh, talk uh, about something that you love. I think it's fun to listen to people talk about things that they love. Yeah, and- I can't wait to hear from it's from you, from your, your side, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know. Yeah, let us know if you enjoyed this segment. Uh, and yeah. hopefully we can bring it back. Because I think this is this is a fun one. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that brings us to the end of, of today's episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did it. Congratulations <gasps> to us. We did We did the thing. Um, Jasper should be back uh, next time, so keep an eye out for that. But until then, Jeremy, where can people find you? You can find me at Jeremy Cobb one on Twitter. That is Cobb with two B's and the number one. Um, you can also find me somewhere on Instagram. More and more people keep doing it. Uh, please do it. You can, it's, it's possible. Uh, it is and possible. It makes me smile every time. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Stuff. I'm trying to get um, at least a hundred followers, if not more without ever posting anything. Um, 100 detectives, I think they can be referred to as. Yes. If they find you, they are detectives. Uh, yes. Detect- 100 detectives. I have 70 Axford. followers. <laughs> I have 70 followers, Liv. We gotta, <laughs> this is great. We gotta pump this up, though. I'm, I'm so on board with this. We're almost there. Get, get Invisible Jeremy to <laughs> on Instagram. Um, that is not the name. Uh, so, so keep an eye out. Um, but yes, you can find me over on Twitter at Does Dark Magic. Um, you can also follow the show um, on Twitter at Three Black Halflings. Sorry, my dog is complaining behind me. At uh, the number Three Black Halflings over on Twitter. Um, anywhere else you can find us, Three uh, Three at Number Three Black Halflings. Um, well, not at YouTube.com forward slash Three Black Halflings <laughs> on YouTube is also a thing you could subscribe to. Yeah, um, yeah. Take a look at that. Anywhere else, Jeremy? How does Jasper do this? <laughs> Let's see. Well, we said we said Facebook, we said Twitter, we said Instagram, uh, we said YouTube, mm-hmm. we said Patreon. Did we say Patreon? We haven't said Patreon yet. <laughs> Patreon.com slash I believe this one is actually TB Halflings. But if you just ah, Google three black halflings Patreon, it should come yes. up. Yes. Um is there anything I know that we're still working on revamping the Pornhub and the OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, it's a lot on our plates. Okay, so uh, so give us a give us uh, your patience, please. Yep. Um, but apart from that, thank you so much, everyone, and uh, so long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful. One. Thank you. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do Stephanie? <laughs> so long, I hope. time and the and the Bella is easy. <laughs> Edwards jump in and Jacob is high. Your daddy's dead and your mom is good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.